uh, fractional share market. We got companies like Collectible, Rally. I got a feeling those are not going to be uh, the only two. I think it's going to like everything else. So there's going to be more people jumping in that fray. I'll be honest with you. Full disclosure, I've got about $100 as far as fractional shares in each of those two companies I just mentioned. I did it not so much to be an advocate. or I did it so I could participate on my show itself, kind of talk about the experience and, and what I see from being in the inside, so to speak, as a consumer rather than uh, as someone who's not uh, involved. Brian Gray uh, wasn't really opposed to it. I don't want to speak for him. You can check that, that episode out on, on YouTube. But he, he had some concerns about the liquidity of your money if you wanted to get out of, of your fractional share, who's in charge of selling uh, said card and, and the card aspect of it. He had a lot of questions. I know I'm pretty sure he said it won't be something he would partake in. I want to start with, with Dr. Jim first. This is, you've seen a lot of things in this hobby. This is fairly uh, new. It's not completely new. It's been in other forms, but the, now in the, the modern tech age where there's apps now where you can just open up your phone and do it in that form or fashion and yeah. in five minutes, in five minutes, I, that's all it took me on each of those platforms to put $100 in, in, into a, a couple cards. There's kind of what your thoughts on it, like it, don't like it, it, it thoughts, concerns. It's not about liking it or not liking it. It's a free yeah. world. And this is, I won't say it was inevitable, but it's probably certainly an idea worth trying. And you're not going to know how successful it is in the first year necessarily, but they seem to be doing well. What uh, A couple points. One is that these are businesses that are coming in and they are regulated for the most part. And so Brian's SEC concerns, right uh, if you've got to go to the fine print. But when you go to the fine print, you'll see what the there's a, a 90 day lockup period. There's a selling yeah. windows. But all that stuff, again, they'll get in trouble if they don't abide by the rules that are imposed, either imposed on them or that they've chosen for these for these business entities. But OK, so that's the first part of it. The second part of it is that the businesses that I think Brian is getting at is that there's no assurance that these businesses will flourish. Uh, you know, maybe they need to, it's not, it's not a pyramid scheme, but they're going to keep adding in new products and taking in new money. And uh, you shouldn't get into these things unless, again, you did, the valuations of some of these things are so high that you need to ask yourself, which is impossible to be honest with yourself. Would I want to buy that card at that price? Because if I don't want to buy yeah. the card at that price, why would I want to buy 1% of that card at that price? The answer is, and it's not like buying 1% of Apple or Microsoft because they have dividends, they have uh, they have earnings, they have uh, perhaps some increase in value. These cards, these glamour cards, to say I own one share of it or 10 shares or 1%, I guess that's some level of bragging rights regardless of whether that underlying asset goes up or not. Yeah, it's funny. So, I bought into the mantle just, I don't know, five shares. Well, then that's something that to talk about. And, I, you know, I jokingly posted on my Twitter, like, I'm the minority owner of this 50 Well, no, that's box, not, it's know. not even jokingly. That's yeah. interesting to me. And that's another way for people to enjoy the hobby. But can you imagine that you had, if you take it to absurdity, I could own a tiny piece of every card in the industry. <laughs> I have every yeah. card, but I only have one millionth of 1% of every card. And, but but that maybe that gives me the rights to, to show the image in some special way on my social media. Who knows? But some of these cards, when they get into the millions, or they're one of ones. So it's a new day. We're in the age of social sharing being almost a form of currency. Again, I, I, it's an idea who's come, and we'll see what kind of legs it has. Yeah. Jeff, is this something you're interested? What are your yeah, you're uh, considering? Uh, I'm torn between. I guess a big question for me would be through this whole fractional share market would be 
So we're buying in to have a piece or on a piece of a card or cards, whatever you get into. <clears throat> Who is it the companies that are basically running this then that decide at some point if a card is going to sell? Does a card ever sell? Where do we go go when we put our money in and we sit and watch it like a stock, maybe like a retirement type deal, but where do we go or how do we know, how is it going to be controlled? Is this company's controlling it? How are they going to decide at some point down the road? Hey, are we selling this now? Jeff, I guess hey that would be some of the questions I would have before I would just no, but that's all, money in any fractional. It's all sp- it's all spelled out. Uh, every question yeah. you had has to be addressed before they even get their SEC permission because they're very legitimate questions and questions right. that everybody. I think people though, to maybe to John's point, some people are not reading the fine print. And then they're buying something, and then they're asking the questions you're asking. The questions you're asking are outstanding, but I believe they're all addressed. And the other tricky thing is, because there are other entrants in this space, each one can do it a little bit differently. Yeah. I believe, I, I should know this since I, I, I got $100 in, in each platform, but I believe the one can uh, plans on eventually selling the card like on an auction platform. And then I think the other is planning to... Just sell, reopen the shares. So if you bought the shares at $20 a piece, uh, after that 90-day hold that Dr. Jim mentions, they may open it back up. All right, who didn't get in an initial offering? If any of the existing shareholders wants to sell, here's the level. And then you can get out. Someone new can buy your shares and, and get in. If the perception is, like, it's worth it to, to do that now. Like, it's worth it. John paid 20 bucks a share. I'm going to pay 28 and, and buy his. He's going to get out and make $8, uh, you know, minus commissions. And then I'm going to own it. But it's, like Dr. Jim says, it's a great point. You have to weigh out. Is it worth the $28 now? Coming at this as an entrepreneur, you're, most people that are hobbyists are going to be thinking about potentially buying into this fractional ownership. But I think like the entrepreneur. So I think if I set up a company like this, how would I make money? So if I'm the fractional ownership leadership, ownership, whatever, the, the the people that own the company, I can make money first by putting an, by acquiring an asset into it and valuing it greater than what I paid. So I can make money right from the start by saying, yeah. I'm going to buy this card for uh, $9,000 and put it up for $10,000. So I've already made something. Okay. Then I also yeah. can make money if later on the, the card goes up in value. And then I also can make money when every anytime there's a transaction, I get a little I get a little percentage when when, yep. there, when there's trading. And so as a business model, this has been tried in other fields. And I think it again, if there's enough activity and, and a, a dynamic element to it, which there is in sports cards, that things go up, but they go down. Let's see how they handle yep. it. If something goes down. Are they gonna? Can I short their portfolio? <laughs> I don't think yeah. I want to. But <laughs> but when you get to absurd. When you make the, again, when you get in trouble sometimes when you take a, a wonderful hobby and try to institutionalize it into a business. I'm sure I've been asked whether I own a Wagner asked you more that. than a thousand <laughs> times by a thousand people. And the, just to close this off on the fractional ownership, could I respectfully say yes if I owned a hundred dollars worth of a Wagner that was in poor condition and valued at a million dollars? I think I just keep my mouth shut and say, no, I don't own one because the next question is, can I see it? Again, we live in a, in a digital world. In the 20th century, this fractional concept would have been, and again, this is the logistics are difficult, but you'd have, if you had 12 guys go together and say, we're going to buy a Wagner card, we're each going to put in one twelfth, and we're each going to get to have it for one month. <laughs> then you'd have physically have it. That's the meaning of the two worlds. What Jeff is bringing up is that if you can't touch it, you can't feel it, and somebody has it somewhere out there, but for some people, that's enough because they, they can show the picture and say, I own a piece of this card. It's, it's prohibitively expensive for me, but I, I can say that I own part of it. 
And just how much mileage did Barry Halper get out of being a part owner of the Yankees? He's not a majority yeah. owner. George Steinbrenner called the shots, but he got to go to the ownership meetings and he owned 5% tops. Now that's still 5% of a, of a billion dollar asset probably, but I'm just saying there's a pride yeah. of ownership that can still extend to fractional. Tim, yeah. if you've never talked about it on the podcast, I think you've, you've, you did buying chips in the seventies. You probably had similar type stories. And guys, 12 guys. I, I talked about the one, you know, I, mean, I think I did that in the, maybe in the George Lyons uh, tribute episode, but there are 12 guys. We took on the greater Boston before there was a greater Boston show. And we had uh, a couple hundred thousand cards. I don't know what it was. And, and I was the guy that divided it up among 12. Now it wasn't rotationally, but it was just here are the twelve pieces. We but we all pooled our money and we bought these various collections all across and, and that was fun and that was a but that's not fractional ownership. That's a buying syndicate where each guy walks away with something. In the fractional the way it's envisioned now, you don't walk away with anything except maybe a piece of paper. In in this day and age, uh, social influencers are are very powerful. And yeah. but this fractional ownership concept is having a huge social influence, not just through the social media, but through mainstream media. A lot of the headlines, maybe half the headlines of the last three months of these record prices that have gotten a lot of attention are, and the purchasers of some of these expensive cards are the fractional ownership people. And so that's driving a lot of this, this enthusiasm and price increases for in our category because yeah. a couple of cards were bought by somebody that's going to put them. So the higher the price went, the more publicity value they had, the bigger the headline was that it was a million, then it was a million eight, and it was 